If you're looking for a podcast about all things funny, especially in the South, you've come to the right place. My name's Weber Herbson. Honey is the ultimate addiction. Welcome back to the Ultimate Addiction Podcast. This is Turkey Talk Part 2. Uh, just me and Patrick in here today. Uh, two-man rodeo. Harrison's couldn't make it, so here we are. We're going to give you all a little bit of turkey talk, a uh, little bit of tactics. You'll know we like the tactics. We like the uh, the science behind everything. Uh I don't know how much science this actually is, but... Strategizing. Yeah, it's some strategy, so I guess, uh, you know, hypothesizing and theories and all that. So I guess you could call it science. Uh, But today, we're going to talk about the bubble. And... What is the bubble? The bubble, to me, is... The distance a turkey in a, I guess you would say, the, a radius of a circle in a, you know, an area, the distance that that turkey is willing to travel to stay in his comfort zone. I get, does that make sense? Um, yeah, yeah. So, like... If he's going to a certain area... You know, this guy placed in mind he's not willing to go out of the way to get to this area. Like, if you're caught off the corner, you know, you're not out of his way. Yeah. Like, he gets somewhere that he's comfortable, and he knows my comfort zone is 50 yards this way and 50 yards that way, and you're not going to get him to move past that 50-yard zone. So how do you kill him? And you always hear people talk about it now. Like it's become a it's become a pretty hot topic. You know, get in the bubble, get in the bubble. Well, how do you determine his bubble? You know, that's kind of the golden question. You got to get in the bubble to kill him, or do you have to get in the bubble to kill him? Does the bubble just need to be in gun range? That you know, that begs another question. Yeah. Uh, I personally think your odds go up tremendously when you get close to them. I agree with that. If you're if you're within an area that has to be, he doesn't feel like he's going out of his way to come see. Yeah, exactly. Your odds... Come check it, whatever out. Your odds definitely increase significantly when you can get close to him before you call to him. Uh, if you start calling to him... 200 yards away and then you're like oh well I need to go get in this bubble real quick and you're calling the whole way you're easing in your odds are very likely to not be good because he's looking for you uh I typically will not go with the bubble theory if I got a turkey on the ground and he's gobbling I typically am not going to try to get in his bubble if he's answering me one or if he's moving I, I mean 
Yeah, that's one that comes into the path. Yeah. It's like being his line of yeah, path. Where he, you know, where he's headed, where yeah. he wants to go. And you hear that all the time, you know, like duck hunting. You know, you got to be where the ducks want to be. And same thing, especially out west, like hunting Merriams. You, a lot you know, of times. They, they get up and boogie. You just got to be in their way. Uh, they know where they want to go, and you just got to be in the way of it. But getting in the bubble, if you can't get in it on the roost, my thing is I'm not necessarily going to try to get in that bubble unless he is just sitting there and will not move. Because then you know, like, the bubble gets established when he quits moving. And, you know, you always hear it like he'll he'll ease in closer and he'll gobble. And the next time you hear him, he's further away. And then he'll come right back and he'll gobble. And the next time he's further away. And so that kind of establishes your bubble for you. You can tell, like, when he gobbles at his closest point, you're like, okay, that was about 150 yards. And you can mark it on your map. And that is about your the edge of that circle probably and so if you can get there and get that edge in gun range your odds increase tremendously now here's the tricky part if you're in some open woods how do you get there Um, and when do you determine when to move yeah so a lot of time you know you want to move when he's gobbling because then you know what he's doing and he's you know you know exactly where he is but there's been instances in my turkey hunting career several times actually where a turkey will shut up and in your mind you know he's gone like he's given up on you he's gone uh but that wasn't the case and i managed to get into his bubble while with him being silent and ended up killing him and so i'm i can I can tell a few of those stories real quick to kind of back up my my thought process here, my you know my theory. And one scenario I can think of uh, that comes to mind right off the top of my head. It was me and you were hunting some public land, and this you had act, we were actually hunting separate. And Patrick called me because he was on a turkey, and I didn't hear anything. And so we got set up on him, and this dude gobbled and gobbled. And gobbled and gobbled. And when, I, when I got there, it took forever. There was a thicket. Yeah. And I didn't know. He wasn't far off the road. And so I really didn't know how the way to go there. I'd never been in these woods. Yeah. And so I kind of slowly worked my way around the thicket. And he gobbled till nine, like consistently. Yeah. Like, never shut up. Because I didn't get there until about nine. Yeah. And he shut up by the time you got there. Yeah. He gobbled just enough to know where he was and then uh, shut up. And so... We had him pinned where we thought he was. But yeah, he might have got two or three more times yeah. once he got there, but it wasn't much. No, it was definitely, you know, like I said, just enough to to have a general idea. And so what did we do? We we backed out, we got on the map, and then we're in hardwoods, and there's a bunch of pines in the area, so it's just a little hardwood thicket with all these pines. And so we get on the map and find a way to get on the back side of these hardwoods. Yeah. And made a move on him. And, I mean, he had shut up for a while. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's close to lunchtime. And as soon as we got uh, on that backside and called, he answered. 
close. Yeah, really close. And we didn't kill this turkey. It was just one of those things. He was extremely educated, and he knew exactly where he needed to be. And how big the woods were the whole time, I was thinking, he's right where we were last time. Yeah. Which he may or may not be in, like, really don't know for sure, but he wasn't far from where we started. But yeah. we weren't far from where we started either. Yeah, he, uh, he had a very small bubble, and he just would not leave it and there was we came in from every direction we ended up coming at him from three days he would we'd call to him we'd work him he'd shut up we'd go at him from another angle and it'd be the same thing and he just wouldn't move and we couldn't get into the bubble answer the call oh yeah every time yeah i mean it was like every time every time we'd strike him i was like we're about to kill him and he just would not leave that bubble and i mean it was the very last day of turkey season like this dude had been called to this dude had been like we tried everything we literally did every trick in the book he just wouldn't move and we couldn't get to him because it was just where he was was too open but a story that does work out i i I can think of several but the moral of of this story is just because because the turkey shuts up does not mean he's gone anywhere necessarily if you've been working him for hours and then he all of a sudden shuts up yeah, you know, a lot of time, times you think, okay, well, he just gobbled up a bunch of hens and now he's shut up. But sometimes that's just not the case. One time in particular, I uh, got on this turkey later in the morning and uh, he was hammering. And it was thick, you know, I was hunting behind the levee like later in the year, April. It was actually late April, so it was real thick, you know. And last time he gobbled i was close i was like i'm about to make one call and i'm about to kill him and so i called and he didn't answer and he shut up just that was it and i was completely mind blown because i knew i didn't spook him i mean like i said it was so thick and uh i had a big brush top between me and him and i had a perfect lane for him to walk behind that brush top uh and pop out you know 30 yards and so I was thinking the whole time, I mean, he was just hammering. And I, sh- I sat down, called, and he shut up. I was like, what the heck? Gave him an hour, and he gobbled again, like a good ways off. So I was like, oh, my gosh. Got up, made a big loop around him. Got in there, uh, started working him. He was answering this time, and it, he was doing that get a little closer gobble back up gobble get a little closer gobble back up and so i pinned him on the map i was like i think he's right here and uh i knew if i walked back down that road where i originally set up on him i could as thick as it was i knew that i could get in there close probably without spooking him well he shuts up completely so i make a big loop go back down that road and actually end up bouncing off that road making an even bigger loop and getting in there like i needed why'd you make that bigger loop just decide it was just a little bit thicker on that uh it was a lot of man a lot of little saplings and tall grass and stuff and so i could kind of weave through those saplings kind of back in there you know there'd be like a big tree up in there so i could walk to this tree and then i'd look you know moving real slow and quiet and I do this a lot when I'm by myself. It's hard to do with two people. Uh, 
it's just hard to get close in general when you're hunting with more than one person. And I'm the same way deer hunting. Like, man, I walk in quiet and slow. And uh, so I had him. I had a pen where I thought he was. And so I'm like easing through there, just real slow, real quiet. And I'm looking, and uh, nothing. He's not gobbling. I'm not calling. I get set up right around where I thought he was. And it's freaking thick, man. I like I can't see 30 yards. And that's just how it is, you know, behind the levee late in the season. Um, And so I like just real soft, like some kickies and just real soft yelps. And, uh, you know, just some clucks. And if I'm being honest, I like leaned back to take a nap and just was hoping he would gobble eventually. And uh, I got my head against the tree, gun in my lap. And, I mean, couldn't have been a minute or two. And I hear a stick break. And I open my eyes real quick. And I can see him at, like, five yards walking down a deer trail. I mean, he could not have been 75 yards from me when I started calling. And he's walking down a deer trail. And when he rounds the corner of that deer trail, it's just me and him at, like, ten steps. Or, like, five. He was so close. And he freaking, as soon as he rounds that corner, he was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And I was pretty hid. I mean, I wasn't on the biggest tree, but like I said, the grass was tall. I was pretty hid. But obviously, he could see me. And so he turns around and is running back down that deer trail. And I remember I was like, he went behind some brush, and I'm leading him. I'm like in front of that brush, and I'm like, where is he, where is he, where is he, where is he, waiting on him to pop out. And I was like, you know, they do, turkeys do that thing where they get behind a tree and you're like waiting on them to come out the other side and they just never come out the other side. They're walking straight behind that tree or whatever. And I thought he had done that and I thought he got me. I was like, I blew it. And then he popped out from behind that tree and I killed him. Uh, so that's just one example of like, just because a turkey shuts up doesn't mean he's gone anywhere. And, if and that's he, another example of, um, what did you say earlier, Zach Ball, Don't be scared to make the move. Yeah, to kill. Him. Yeah, if you if you know you're not going to kill him without making that move, don't be scared to make the move. Yeah. Because either if, way, either way, you don't like if you spook him, you don't have him, and if you don't make the move, you don't have him. Yeah. So, you know, I like to. I mean, it's got to be a strategic move, obviously. And like I said, I was walking slow and quiet, and I knew what I was doing. Uh, You can't just go busting through the woods. And people, a lot of times, you know, they think, well, the turkey shut up. He's gone. I'm just going to, you know, the hunt's over. And that's the same with deer. Like, get out of the deer stand, hunt's over. I can be as loud as I want and not not pay attention to anything. And I think that's the difference in killing a lot of things. Uh, There's something that stuck out to me. Dave Owen said the place that he was hunting, he said he, well, even leaving the turkeys to go to lunch, he's hunting. Yeah. Like, constantly thinking about what that turkey's doing, where that turkey is. And like Weber said, you know, he might, you might have thought he left, but he hasn't, and he hasn't gone anywhere. And if you leave to go back to lunch, and then, you know, come in there sneaky quiet, left sneaky quiet, he might still be there. Yep. More than likely, he is. Yeah. I, I said, I've got an example for that. So when I was 
14, 15. I couldn't drive yet, so I was still young. Yeah. We were working in Turkey. And literally, it was the exact thing that happened. We watched the turkey, got on him early, watched him till lunch, and never killed the turkey. He walked by, but he was just a little too far. I was still hunting with 20 gauge before 10 cents. <laughs> yeah, before you could kill him at 75 yeah. yards. So, did not get a shot at him. And we left to go to lunch and came back, and the turkey was, I don't know, 300 yards from where he was in the field. Yeah. So he didn't go anywhere. From the time he flew down, from the time we went to lunch at 3 o'clock, you know, he probably went 500 yards. Yeah. Which, at west, is a whole different story. But in the south, the turkeys just don't move a whole lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got smaller patches of woods. You got fields in between those woods, especially in the hills and stuff. There's just not much room for them to roam. And so they know where they're, they're comfortable and they know where they like to be. And uh, like you said, completely different story out west. Those sunguns will move five miles yeah, in a day. Uh, but that'll be a topic for another day. I love hunting out west. I love Merriam's. Uh, but basically what you're saying is you were using the 20 gauge before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You started that yeah. trend back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was me. All because of me is 20 gauges are cool now. Yeah. You were doing it for Dave Owens. Yeah. came popular. Yeah. He got it from you, probably. Probably. <laughs> he did call me up one time. was like, hey, man, use 20 gauge. You're cool. So I'm going to start using one. <laughs> yeah. We just got to make some better shells. Yeah. Yeah. So. We, let's get some better shells. Shoot them a little farther. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, another another uh, story I can think of. And this is this one's really cool to me. I'll remember this one for a long time. I was, I was actually, you know, we fin- we filmed everything growing up and then got to college and everything. I was playing baseball. Patrick was at a different school for a little while. So we didn't really, you know, we kind of stopped with the filming and stuff. It took until after that that we kind of picked it back up. And uh, this was when I had picked it back up. I was going to self-film. Like, I was by myself turkey hunting. And, uh, this story just ends up being one of those things that everybody does. But I had, uh, found these turkeys before season, knew where they were, knew where they were going to go. Like I freaking, I had them pinned and opening day, somebody beat me to the spot and it, you're like, we're in a hunting club. It's not, I mean, it's not really a race to get to a spot normally, but this one instance, I got beat to the spot, and I wasn't late by any means. They just knew that I had been in there listening, and so they wanted to go in there, which whatever, no big deal. Uh, but he didn't kill the turkey, and so a week or two later, I go in there. Turkeys are still roosting in the same spot. I set up where I thought it needed to be, and uh, you could tell. They had been getting called to. They, uh, it's weird. You know, you talk about turkeys. They, they figure out calling and you know, public land. They some they get to where they don't like being yelped at. And uh, these turkeys wouldn't answer anything but a kiki early in the morning, which is so weird to me. Which it was early in the season. I don't know. Yeah, it's usually a late afternoon call. Yeah, you know, I. For whatever reason, that's the only thing I could get him to answer. And they got by me. 
they they crossed the road like further down than they did the day before and they got by me and uh long story short i move on them and the turkey's like gobbling right by my truck i'm like crap <laughs> like of course you know and i get set up on him and i'm working him and about that time seven jakes run in and are harassing me they're like all over me and they eventually go in there where the turkey was the long beard was and run him off and he gobbled like one more time uh a little further but i had a good i had a good pin on him and he shut up and i was like well i'm gonna go somewhere else and i get in my truck and as i'm driving around i drive by where i thought he last gobbled and i was like i know he's in there like he couldn't have gone anywhere. He's he is right in those woods somewhere, and it was this thick. Uh, so I parked the truck, get down in the bottom, I pop up out of the bottom, and another instance is like a thicket, tons of little saplings. It's really green, and man, I spooked a hundred deer. Like when I popped out of that bottom, they smelled me, and I spooked what felt like a hundred deer is like the ground was shaking because they were like a herd of them and uh as these deer running off of course i'm like crap I, like i just ruined this and i see a red dot pop up at like 120 yards and i'm like that's a freaking turkey and i'm uh just standing there because as soon as i spooked the deer i just stopped and I like ease my binoculars up. Sure enough, it's a long beard. I was like, that son of a gun. And his head is so red. And those deer are just running by him. And he's just not moving. And uh, I'm watching him. And he's feeding right to left. And he goes like into a thicket. Or from what I can see, looks like a thicket. And so immediately I like run back down in that bottom. Go down the bottom and I'm going to get in front of him come up out of the bottom i went too far is what happened spooked another herd of freaking deer and i'm like i definitely ruined it now and uh couldn't get anywhere just it was so thick i couldn't even find anywhere to set up like deer running everywhere i was like i've ruined this so i back down in the bottom i'm headed back to the truck i had like given up and i see an opening on the top of this hill from the bottom and i was like man i'm gonna ease up there and i'm gonna call one more time and just see and sure enough i get up on that hill and i pap, pap, yap, 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 and he hammers i was like oh you got to be kidding me and so i'm like scrambling for a tree you know rookie mistake you need to have a tree picked out obviously but i see a good one got a shadow in front of it i was like all right perfect go and set up and uh i call one more time nothing about that time i see something coming through the woods i was like that gum deer i was like i'm so sick of deer right now and uh then i see him pick his head up i was like oh that's him and that gum it about that time here come all them jakes again and run it like look like some off scooby-doo you know they run him this way and they run him that way and they run him up in the thicket, and i lose him and i was like gosh dang it man like i cannot catch a break this morning and completely lost him and the jakes come back out in front of me 
And I actually, at this point, had a hen walking into me at like 20 yards. And I was like, man, this is about to be bad. And all of a sudden, from behind me, on the edge of that bottom, I hear, and I was like, oh, there he is. And so I like ease my head around, and I see him stick his head up. I was like, well, this is it. I whipped it around, and I killed him. Uh, And that's just a long story to say just because he stops gobbling doesn't mean he's gone anywhere. And a lot of times you do have to approach him from a different direction to get him to answer you because he think you know he thinks he's it's a different hen. But that's just something if you have the right terrain, you can very well get in that bubble without him gobbling if you can pin him early on. And if, you have to make the right moves too. Yeah, like this definitely is not just like a surefire thing every time you gotta you know you gotta know when to hold them know when to fold them type thing uh, it definitely takes a lot of learning i feel like when you're with different people hunting that don't know a whole lot and they make a move you're kind of like well i know what happens here yeah for it's sure like, might as well go home yeah you know like a lot of times People just a lot of times don't know how to be quiet. They don't know how to walk quietly or don't have the patience to go slow enough to be quiet. And you're thinking, man, we're walking right towards that turkey and I, he can uh, he can hear everything we're doing right now. And so, yeah, you definitely got to know what, I don't know, trial and error type thing, I yeah, guess. It's learning. I would say definitely have like, a pin on the turkey yeah i wouldn't be like well he shut up and we last here so let's go over there yep and like when you make the move be looking the mm-hmm. whole time and like plan on going to sneak up and kill him there yeah don't go up there like well i'm gonna go last place a guy would sit down yeah no yeah definitely be like vigilant yeah that's something i learned and it took like this it took me a while to start doing this but it really made me a better turkey hunter is when a turkey is gobbling, try to pin where he is. Try to put a yardage on it, like to a, a pretty close note, like 115 yards type thing. Because, I mean, 15 yards can make a difference. And I've, I used to, you know, it's just like, oh, he's gobbling and he's in this direction. And I'd be like, never really think about how far he might actually be and then once i started like actually putting a yardage on him and then really thinking about okay well what's over there like why is he at 110 yards right now and sometimes you don't know but like you said you know use the map put a pin on him where you think he is and then obviously give yourself some leeway but you can use that yeah like it's in, it's in the details, even deer hunting, you know, whoever was talking about killing Scar and the difference a 15-yard move made. Yeah. And you just got to pay attention when you're in the woods. And the little things like that would make a difference between an okay turkey hunter, a good turkey hunter, and a great turkey hunter. For sure. It's just paying attention to everything, you know. Think about all the turkeys you've killed. And think about why you killed them. 
Yep. Don't just say, I just killed another turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, And if you learn from even the mistakes, all the turkeys you don't kill, yep. you learn more from them than you do the ones that you kill most of the time. Oh, no doubt. And so just pay attention to all those things kind of lead up to where we are today. And I was thinking about that turkey that stayed in the same 500 yards all day. Like, if I knew then what I knew now, yeah. I would have killed him. Yep. You know, by making that move, making that precise move. But at the time, we didn't know what turkeys on our place like we do now. Yeah. And so we've learned that over time, kind of these turkeys like to go here. If they make this move, go this way. Yep. But that takes a lot of years. And then traveling turkeys, that's a whole different story. But yeah, you can kind of put it together. I tell you, <clears throat> traveling to turkey hunt, you know, that's become a big thing now. Everybody wants to be a traveling turkey hunter. They want to go do the 49. They want to do the super slam. And I went on a trip last year by myself. I pull, I straight up, uh, Keith Ott got me fired up and made me do this. Uh, I listened to him on a podcast and he got me fired up and I was like, you know what? We don't have class Friday. I'm, I'm going. And so I went and, uh, hunted hard. Well, the season didn't open until Saturday. So I scouted all day Friday, hunted all day Saturday and until lunch Sunday. And it was rough. I slept in the truck, like awesome stuff and i didn't kill anything i actually did not hear but three gobbles the entire time i was there uh weather was bad it was just you know a combination of things i really should have killed the turkey that gobbled three times and i screwed it up big time it was one of those just a rookie mistake type thing uh the way the sun was shining i thought i had more cover than i did and wanted to make that last move there was a hill between me and him and i thought he was around the hill but really the there was a bunch of underbrush and come to find out the way the sun was shining from his angle he could see straight through the bottom of that underbrush but i could not because the sun was kind of at my back type thing or maybe it was i can't remember maybe it was to his back i don't either way i was gonna make that last little move to where when he topped that hill, I could kill him. And uh, ended up, that last little move cost me because he could see me. And I told, you know, I told somebody on the way home, like, you learn something from every one of those trips or every one of those hunts. Even if you don't kill anything, you're teaching yourself how to find turkeys. You're teaching yourself, you know, just what different terrain can offer for you, what different, like, just type of woods anything can can do for you and i think that's why being a traveling turkey hunter has become so popular because in theory if you can kill a turkey anywhere at any time of the year you're a great turkey hunter and so that's kind of like everybody's goal is like well i want to be a great turkey hunter and so to do that i need to learn how to kill a turkey any time of the year in any state in any place you know and so that's why i like it even though i thought i came up with it long before it actually was a thing yeah it's definitely you learn a lot yeah just being in the woods we say it all the time just be there and think about what you're doing don't be lollygagging around you know and sometimes in that situation 
instead of trying to get closer and into the bubble, yeah. it'd been better just to sit down. Yep. And, like, that just comes from experience. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it was one of those things I struck him up midday and uh, did, was not expecting to hear gobble, and he gobbled, and I didn't have a good pin on him where he was, and so I went to move, and then he gobbled again, and I was like, oh, crap. I juked when I should have jived type thing, and so I had kind of one little move left to make where I thought I could kill him and it ended up costing me. Uh, and so that's one of those things you hear about old-timers kill turkeys. Yeah. You know, and they say the old-timers kill them because they can't walk very far. Yeah, they sit in one spot all day. Yeah. Patience. Yeah. And, and that will do it for Easterns. Yeah, for sure. But I'd much rather have a turkey come in screaming. Mm-hmm. Go find the one that want to play our game versus – just sitting there and shooting a turkey. I know. Me and my dad, I get frustrated with my dad because he he's he's like that. He wants to sit and wait and he wants them to do it right and I'm like, Man, I just wanna I just wanna go freaking get close and, and kill him, you know, like he'll he's gonna do the same thing, but he, he wants him to really do it right and I you know that's another thing. A lot of people they they get hung up on the kill and they they don't learn anything from how they did it. It's more just like they get so hung up on wanting to kill him that they don't really strategize anything. It's more just I'm gonna if he ain't gobbling, I'm going home, you know, type thing. I'm not sitting around for nothing when if you you know if you strategize a little bit. You might could kill him. Yeah. Or even just, you know, focusing to, you know, all they're worried about is did you kill him or not? You're not worried about learning from those mistakes or you're not worried about, you know, the strategy behind why you killed him. It's just like, oh, I killed him good. Yeah. Or like this worked last time. I'm going to do it again this time. And, you know, not really figuring out why that worked last time or why something didn't work last time that may or may not work this time. Yeah. And so it's just a, it's a cat and mouse thing. It is a lot more fun to as I have one come into a call versus just sneaking up on one and doing the sneaking around. That yep. just happens sometimes. But, you know, you did kill the turkey. Yeah, and I mean... You did learn from it. The, the ultimate goal is definitely to kill the turkey. I'm, you know, I'm not... I saw... Oh, yacht yacht guy posted on social media the other day. It's like I'm not someone who's gonna sing love songs to turkeys. I'm out here to kill them, and I like I I agree with that. You know, I I love to hunt the wild turkey, but I'm not uh, I'm not trying to marry one. <laughs> you know? That's true. I'm trying to kill one. Whatever's legal and ethical. Yeah, for sure. I don't uh, even know if it'd be ethical. Some of the things people do, you ain't lying. But turkey hunting brings their out own. the worst in people. Turkey hunting has become such a social media sport because anybody can kill a turkey. It you know it's not the barrier to entrance is not very large. Exactly, like you know, as a as a deer hunter. To kill big deer, you got to hunt where there are big deer. And that usually costs lots of money. Yeah, or just, you know, being very fortunate type thing. And 
especially in the south yeah, like so. the midwest you could you can kill a giant deer on a very small track of land and it's very possible and the south is not as yeah, likely all the, all the good lands private yeah exactly and i mean people do kill big deer on public land in, in the south but it's it's a rarity uh it's not something that happens all the time and so turkey hunting has become popular because in the south if you got a little bit of land you probably got some turkeys on it because there's just that many and so everybody's like well dang i can do that i got i've been getting pictures of turkeys on my place for years i ought ought to get into that and then it's like you know there's no you know nobody's really as long as you got a picture with one dead you like yeah nobody has questions yeah it's just as good as you know People judge your deer, like how big your deer is. Nobody really judges the turkey because it's like, oh, they're hard to kill. You killed one. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's definitely a different game, and it's gotten more different in the past few years. So it definitely got more popular. Very. Which is, I mean, it's not a bad thing. Some people might say it is, but. No, it depends on what you're doing it for. Yeah, because if you're just going to kill turkeys, you know, you know, there's only so many turkeys, mm-hmm. really and truly, even in the south, yeah, which has a whole bunch of turkeys. The population is going down very quickly due to people hunting them or whatever. So, yeah, and I mean, I don't think it's going to change, but I think it's our job and other people's jobs to try to encourage people to do it the right way and try to encourage people to fend for the wild turkey and be a yeah, conservationist to what i said uh, i could tell you how many podcasts to go but you know will pretty much talks about teach somebody to love something they'll take care of it yep and that's i mean i, I believe in that strongly and you know if you're just using it for an instagram picture for the clout you know you, you're really not caring for it no and you got to give back to these animals. There's some, a lot of animals that people, the sheep's an example that I can think of, dude had put in like so much money for 20 years, 20, 30 years. And somebody was talking to him, like, man, why do you care so much for it? He's like, have you killed a bunch? He's like, no, I've never even killed one. Dang. But that's like love for the animal. Yeah. He's just hoping to get a chance to kill one. Yep. And he's putting so much money back into it just for that one opportunity. But that's, well, you can learn from stuff like that. Yep. And I don't want to go on a rant about turkeys and turkey population because going forever about that. Yeah. But you do need to care for your turkey population. Yep. Especially now. It means more now than it than ever, ever has. For sure. Or since we've been born. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, do your trapping, do your land management. Uh and even if you're a deer hunter, like turkeys and deer, a lot of times go hand in hand. Uh, and you got food plots. That's food for turkeys. Yep. Those food plots grow up. That's cover for turkeys. Yep. And, you know, prescribed burns. That helps everything. Uh, we don't do that in the Delta. It's just a, it's a different uh, landscape there. But, you know, do your homework and try to, try to help it out. Try at, to, at the very least, buy a license. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That money will go back to the turkeys. And Mississippi is now trying to get a stamp passed. Yeah, that's, and the stamp, the money that goes through the stamp has to go back to turkeys. Yeah. I can't remember the law that yeah, it with, but it has to go back. But basically, 
when they get this passed, I think it will get passed. If you buy this turkey stamp, and they might make it mandatory, I don't know. I'm sure. So when you buy this turkey stamp, all the money used to buy these stamps will go back to conservation for the wild turkey. And the hunting public, they did this in Arkansas, and I know the hunting public bought like $15,000 worth uh, just for, you know, to help. Basically don't. Donation. Yeah. And so hopefully some people will do that in Mississippi. Uh, If we start getting a large enough following, maybe we could try to do something like that. That'd be nice. And I don't think, I just want to say people talk about stuff and they're so scared hunting's over hunting's yeah, done. I, I don't think anything like that's going to happen I don't think it ever will happen no but you do need to be cautious especially hunting private ground yeah I would say I've seen on our place we've got some people some more turkey hunters and he definitely knows the difference between the first started hunting it versus now yeah definitely but they get smart they're they're living is living. Yeah. They're staying alive. Yeah, that's their that's their job is to stay alive. And they do they get pretty good at it. Yep. But we're coming up on about our usual time if uh you wanna give them the rundown. Yeah. So as always, leave a five star review. If you don't like it, don't give a review. <laughs> um comments are always appreciated too. Um we like seeing them. It's cool seeing some stuff and even from the people we don't know, like man, that's cool somebody found us and likes our stuff yeah so we appreciate that um trying to think we're still working on some gear we're getting closer and closer to that it's kind of hard figuring out some of these things and a bunch of yeah paying money and a bunch of agreements and stuff like that yeah especially since we're still in school yeah and that didn't go well when you're paying money to go to school and paying other stuff yeah but um as always we appreciate y'all listening and this is the ultimate addiction podcast